Today, we're talking with our friends Nate and Janine King. A little gratitude will make your garden grow. A little gratitude is good for your soul. Welcome back to another episode of Story Now. With me, as always, is our producer, James Roth. James, how are we doing today? Pretty good. I'm ready to get out of here and get to some warmer Arizona weather. Yeah, you're leaving because you and your fiance are getting hitched this yep, Saturday. Yep. That's so fun. Well, I just want to say on behalf of me and everybody out there listening, congratulations. We're so excited for you and Kaylin as you take a step into this journey. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited. So. Yeah, you nervous? Oh, super, yeah. super. There's just a whole bunch of wedding planning details that are bouncing around inside my head and yeah yeah i totally get it man so yep well it'll be over in a blink of an eye i know that's what i keep trying to remind myself yeah in this episode we had a conversation with our friends nate and janine king they own king brothers transportation and janine also started a great group called empower her which if You are a woman and in business, I highly recommend that you look this up. James, in this episode, what were some of the things that stuck out to you as something that maybe inspired you as somebody who wants to start a business one day? Yeah. So I'd say I was just really impressed by uh, the way that they set up their business uh, for their employees. Um, You know, it's, it sounds like they're trying to create an environment where, People can come in and work hard and work their way up the structure and move on to bigger and better trucks as they work and and you know get more privileges and more responsibilities. And um, for someone who would be into the trucking industry, that sounds thrilling, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Just to piggyback off of what you were saying, one of the things that I really respect is just their attention to building the culture. There's a couple things that I noticed just taking a tour of their shop and seeing some of the vehicles, the trailers, that there's some things on trucks that are very stereotypical to truck drivers. And they they made a very conscious decision that we are not going to be a stereotypical truck driver. And some of that means not doing what you would see other truck drivers do. And I just thought, Wow, that's that's so I love it when you see somebody that not only loves what they do, but they also say we're not going to be the stereotypical version of what you would maybe see in a movie or a TV show. And I just thought that's so cool and something that I would definitely I definitely want to incorporate in my own business is what stereotypes are we saying that we're not going to be. All right. Well, now we're going to jump into our conversation with Nate and Janine King. Cool. Well, Nate and Janine, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you guys are very busy, so I appreciate you carving out a little bit of time to have a conversation. You guys started King Brothers Transportation, and I was wondering if you could walk us through a little bit of the history. We've had an opportunity to come in and and see your facilities, meet some of the team members. And we we're just kind of blown away with the overall business and how you run it. And so I'm just curious, you know, what was the inception of King Brothers Transportation? And yeah, just walk us through it a little bit. Sure. So King Brothers started in 2006 
Um, I am the oldest of four siblings. My brother Nelson is the youngest. And uh, we have just done quite a bit of stuff together. All four of us siblings are tight relationally, but for some reason, Nelson and I ended up doing a lot of business together. So 2006 found us kind of discouraged with farming in Pennsylvania and um, looking for some alternatives business-wise to maybe create a little more of a steady cash flow than what we'd experienced. So nothing too super grand and glorious, just the idea was to maybe create a little more of a steady um, livelihood. And so we were familiar with trucking regionally in Pennsylvania and it was just an old freight liner for sale uh, along the main road there in the valley in Juniata County. And we paid cash for it, grabbed it up and started trucking. That's okay. literally how it started. So how did you end up moving the business to Riverside? So Nate and I met in 2011. Uh, some mutual friends introduced us to each other. And uh, we eventually got engaged, got married, and Nate decided to move out here. Um which I was super grateful that he liked Iowa and wanted to move here instead of having me move to Pennsylvania. Um, and then at that point, uh, he moved the business here. And kind of before that, leading up to that, him and his brother were partners in their business. Um, but at that point, his brother had also just gotten married that same summer. And so um, we just decided it would be best to kind of like still work together, but go our separate uh, have separate businesses. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, Nate and I um, became partners in King Brothers Incorporated. And uh, his brother started like a King Bros Logistics, so like a brokerage and logistics company. So we still work very closely with him, but, um, you know, separate business. Sure, sure. So I'm always fascinated by the husband-wife duo when it comes to running a company. So I'm just wondering... Can you talk a little bit about the different roles and like who's the dreamer, who's the implementer? I'm just curious because that's kind of my situation is I'm the, I'm a dreamer. My wife actually puts a plan together that, that <laughs> yeah. can be executed and I'm just wondering how that works with King Brothers. Yeah, I mean, I'd say Nate is definitely more the visionary and the dreamer and I'm like, you know, kind of always like the realist and like, uh, I don't know if that's a good idea or if that's you know, he's a little bit more uh, forward thinking and less risk adverse. And I'm probably a little more like, you know, risk makes me a little nervous. Um, but I think for us, what's been really beneficial and has helped us, you know, be successful at working together is knowing what our roles are and like just kind of owning that and running in those lanes. Um and then definitely, I mean, Nate is way more involved in the business on like a day-to-day, -day, like operational, um, as far as like working with the drivers and, you know, the hiring and stuff like that. Um, I feel like, especially now in the last year, as I've gotten busier or last couple of years, um, I'm more of a, I play more of a supporting role and then just like more of the back end, like the office side of, you know, making sure that everything is happening. Yeah. The, the huge, so when, when we met and took over the trucks, we were running 2012, we were at three, right? 
And so we slowly grew it to like five or six. This is just, this has been a slow crawl and it feels like we were just laying foundation, laying foundation for honestly 10 years. And uh, the beauty of our relationship is Janine is a great sounding board. So like she said, I'm, I'm definitely the visionary. I will take risks that I probably almost shouldn't take. We just, I mean, a great example is two weeks ago, we were placing an order for a super specialized trailer. And I'm, we're talking in the 300,000 range for one trailer. You know, it's just, and we're not that big of a company. So it kind of, it's a lot to absorb. And in my gut, I'm kind of like, I really wanted it because I knew the capacity it has to move us ahead. But in my gut, I'm like, uh, man, I just don't know if this is the best idea. And so, you know, I'm praying for wisdom and Janine is like, man, I'm just, I'm not feeling clear on it. Mm -hmm. And so I've, it's taken me a while to get this smart, but I've figured out that when she's not clear on it, it's a good, like there you want to pay attention. Sure. So there's plenty of times when she does feel good about it, we can take steps ahead so it's not the type of thing where she holds us back. It's just literally there's wisdom in what both of us are feeling, but her reiterating that was super helpful. And so even in that instance, we were able, we ordered the trailer, but just made some modifications. And then in a year, we can come back and add everything in to where I had originally wanted it. So we just didn't do it quite as fast, but uh, it was just her wisdom. It was the two of us were learning how to work together there saves us the pain. And we both feel super good about, you know, the way we did handle that one. So that's just one small instance of, I feel like how we've learned to work together well. Yeah, that's very cool. And I think one of the things that I, I love about somebody that you're pitching to not being clear on the idea is it also helps you figure out how to prove out maybe more than you would have if they had just said yes right away. You have to kind of justify, hey, it's going to be worth the investment and you put a little bit more yep. thought into it. and then Which is a healthy part of the process, yeah, right? Yep. Exactly. Whereas us visionaries, we'll just um, follow in my gut. It's good. Let's throw it together. And then you haven't actually laid the foundation correctly. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. that's exactly right. I think the other way that we've... Uh, really like been good together is I feel like there's been times when Nate has wanted to just like give up or it's just been so hard that I have like pushed him or, you know, encouraged him to yeah. like, Hey, we can't keep going. Or we got to keep going. Like, like we've come this far. Um, you know, we, we can't give up now. Yeah. And so I think that's been, been really good as well. hundred percent. Yeah. That's awesome. So you said that when you started in or at, at in 2012 you had three trucks. So where where is the company at now? Like how how many trucks do you have? How many drivers? How and and what what's kind of been where did you see the most growth? Cuz you said you spent a lot of time laying a foundation. I'm just curious when did you So um and it's incredible. Our CFO has went back and looked and I mean for for going leading up to COVID, we grew but literally flatlined for five years. It to me it it's it honestly is nothing short of the hand of God that we were able to kind of add some assets, 
keep growing. And yet cash wise, it just seemed like we were always starved. Right. And so, um, I think when, when things really started stirring was January of 2020, I was just kind of done with it. Like, I think we had wrapped up 2019, looked at the numbers and and I'm just like, like I'm laying my heart and soul on the line for something that isn't moving the needle profitability wise the way I want it to. And so I just told Janine, I'm like, I I think we're doing something else. Like, I just don't think it's worth working this hard for this kind of returns. Right. And um, so that's January of 2020. We have a fractional CFO, uh, Jonathan Schrock. I think you probably know him. Great guy, great friend. Um, he was our CFO at that point. He was, yes. He, he yeah, going into January, he he was. And him and Janine ganged up on me and are like, nope, we're not. And I'm like, okay, like I'm willing to listen, but something will have to change. Like I'm not going to die of a heart attack at 50 for something that didn't give us some returns. Sure. Absolutely. And um, Jonathan's input at that point was what you need to balance out the trucking side is a brokerage. The two in, in this industry, the two kind of go hand in hand if you really want to see growth. Because it allows you to have, um, it allows you to serve a much greater, uh, a much wider base of customers with the brokerage, and then your trucks end up playing more of a supporting role. So the the terminology in our industry is asset ba- asset based brokerage is is what it is. So Jonathan's suggesting that I don't have the energy for it. Starting another company, we're already fully invested in just seeing the trucking through, right? And lo and behold, in COVID is full swing. We're just trying to figure out how to stay alive because we had parked our rigs for two to three weeks. We had just completely parked. Like freight was paying less than break even by the, I think this is like toward the end of April of 2020. Yeah. And we're just, I'm like, you know what? We're all tired. Let's catch a break. We'll figure it out somehow, but I'm not running for less than break even. Middle of May, I got a text from a buddy who we're now great partners here. Um, Kevin Hatterley owned Tractor Express and he just wondered if we want to purchase it. And long story short, that ended up being really the missing link for everything we were trying to do. And we already had a lot of our rigs specced out to support the type of work that that customer base brought in. So it it was just a hand in glove fit. And yeah, that has been big time the the fire now to keep us moving. So we've literally shifted our focus from really our passion was how can we keep growing our trucks to turning it into something profitable to now we have this logistics company and we're using our trucks to just support it. And so the trucks come along and provide the level of support that the brokerage needs to honor our commitment to our customers is basically how it works. I think uh, you ask how many trucks we have. We have 10 trucks. Yeah. And is it 15 employees? Yeah. Some, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Changes <laughs> weekly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and one of the things that I think is so fascinating about your business is the the company culture that you 
not that other people don't have a focus on their culture, but I've, I've never quite seen it like when I'm getting, when I was, when I was getting a tour of your shop and um, we can cut this story if we need to, but just, uh, you know, just you had seen some, let's just say like stereotypical things on a truck that you would normally see like on a, if you, a stereotypical truck driver and you, and you made this comment, like, I don't, I don't like that. We're going to take that off the truck. Cause that we, that's not our part of our culture. Yeah. And I just thought that that was so refreshing and uh, unique in the sense that you were, you're deliberately saying, we're not going to, we're not going to be a stereotypical truck driver. We want to be something else. We want to have a team that has in- integrity, you know, and yeah. just, it takes pride in, in their rigs. And so I'm, I'm just wondering, could you talk a little bit about how you developed that culture? Was that something that you had from the very beginning or was that something that evolved through the, through the course of the business? You want to go on this? <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of it comes back to our faith and just being like really rooted in that. Um, and that has shaped our, like what we value and the kind of like how we want to care for our employees and, you know, how we want to um, help them live a good quality of life. Um, and then, yeah, also just in turn, like how we want to care for our customers and the kind of, you know, we want to attract the kind of talent that will uh, model those values to our customer base. So I feel like it has kind of a, a trickle down effect, but it's definitely something we're still very much like it's a work in progress. Like, um, I feel like just even in probably the last year, like as we've surrounded ourselves with really good people, like coaches and um, our CFO and yeah, just, just a lot of really good people. Like it's helped us to level up and just even become clear, like have a clearer focus in, in what the kind of culture we want to, um, build. I think, uh, a line we say a lot is we don't just want to be good. Like we want to be great. And so, um, yeah, just modeling, I guess that to our employees and. Yeah. I think some of it for me is I'm just a relational guy, right? And so um, back in the day in Pennsylvania, uh, Nelson, before we had gotten into trucking, Nelson and I were managing a farm for a gentleman back there, multimillionaire, uh, nothing against him. I learned a ton of business savvy from, from the guy, but you were fighting kind of tooth and nail for everything you got paid. So I'm managing this thousand acre corporation for him he lives 120 miles away and i would say barely compensated for what i'm doing and we the reason we did it is because we were doing what we loved right when you're young you do you don't think you're just let me just do what i want to do rather than is this paying me what i should for my effort and i at that point i just made a vow that i'll never um, see my assets develop where I want to see them or become wealthy on the back of my fellow man, we're going to do it together. Let's do this together. So some of this just comes back to the fact that I'm a pretty relational type of guy and I, I want to do it together. I, I want to make good money. To be, to be really honest, having a pile of money in the bank is not what drives me. I, I want to get there. We want to be debt-free. That's our goal. Let's operate debt-free. It allows you to do a lot of good stuff with your finances. 
Um, but I wanted to do it with my team rather than on their backs. I mean, you're just one step away from slavery at that point, <laughs> right? you know, right. which right. is where I see a lot of people being with inflation yeah. and everything. You're just taking it home enough to exist rather than to thrive. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, and one of the things too that, um, you know, I kind of got to witness this week is you're, you have incentives to do better for employees to take more ownership. Um, did, was there a time period where maybe you didn't have that and you saw the incredible difference it made once you put that in place? We've developed but developed it a lot. I feel like it's spoken to that for most of since Janine and I have been partners. Um, yeah, it literally, we've developed that. There is seven uh, percentage bonus levels that a driver here can earn and unlock. And it all it's all shaped around where our values are. Yeah. And so the idea is, so if you do Clifton Strengths, my number one is responsibility. Okay. And and so I'm I've I've now that I know that about myself, I can actually temper how hard I am on someone else. But I get really irked when my guys don't take responsibility for what they've been entrusted. So you've given them a three or four hundred thousand dollar rig between the cost of the truck and trailer. Now, I'm, honestly, we're probably heading towards five hundred thousand. Yeah, with inflation and stuff, and you can't take care to avoid curbs and you know not be gashing tires or whatever the case may be. Um, so we've just developed a compensation package around that, so that you're rewarded. The most responsible will get the most reward. Is basically what it boils down to. Got it. Yeah. That's cool. Well, and I could definitely see that on Monday because there was that, that one, uh, whose rig was that? That thing was Dan. Yeah. Dan had, that was a pretty rig. (laughs) Oh, and he is so proud of, there's not a scratch on that truck. Oh, I know. I didn't want to breathe on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a little over the top. Like that is the thing of it is, is we've used the image of that truck everywhere in the last year or two, but it, we've had to draw it back just a tad from that. I mean, that thing ended up, we kind of threw the books at it. It ended up being a little pricey. Sure. And it's, it's a lot more the type of truck where if I was just a single operator, I would build for myself. Okay. You know, whereas here you're putting an employee in Dan's doing a terrific job. I mean, return on investment is still very strong, so it works out. So one of the things that you had mentioned is that you have 10 drivers, there's 15 employees. If you don't mind my asking, I'm just curious, what are are the other five and how does that, because I'm sure that there's with trucks all over the country, there's operations and things like that. Do you mind just telling us a little bit about like what happens behind the scenes? Sure. Yeah. So we have a dispatcher who's actually located in Pennsylvania. Uh, He works from his home there and he um, like dispatches and, you know, gets all the permits and schedules all the loads and that type of thing for all of our drivers. Um, And then we have uh, for office staff, we have an administrative assistant who does a lot of all kinds of stuff. As much of the offload work as we can get on her, she does a terrific job. Yeah. Um, And then a fractional CFO. Um. I think we may have combined the Tractor Express staff in on that number. Yeah, we have a sales a sales guy for Tractor Express, okay. and then um, an administrative 
or a brokerage assistant. And uh, we're currently hiring a brokerage manager for that company as well. Um, so, yeah. And we're getting ready to hire a fleet manager on the King Brothers side. So we're, we are rapidly being able to add layers to, and we're needing to, to take, I, I just almost can't keep up. So we need to offload some of this. We're creating the professional positions, getting people in place. And that way we can both breathe a little bit and have quality of life as well. Yeah. Oh, we also have a maintenance manager. Oh, yes. Uh, who oversees all the, I mean, with 10 trucks, there's just a never ending list of maintenance things, yeah. you know, uh, oil changes, just, yeah, upkeep. So he oversees all of that. Um, and then also oversees a lot of the like, uh, freight from the brokerage that comes back to our yard. So make sure that gets loaded and you saw the new out. truck that was sitting in the corner. Yeah. He is this that's the first one we're doing like that. So up to this point, even Dan's truck was completely upfitted in Cedar Rapids at GTG where we buy our trucks. And so this is the first one. This is we kind of want to put our own King Brothers stamp on our trucks. And so the goal is to move into completely building them ourselves. And what that means is you get it in from Peterbilt. A lot of guys are happy with what form it's in there, but here at King Brothers, we take it and throw another 40 or 50 at it and yeah. make sure it's right. Yeah. That's awesome. So we, we really want to create our own signature on those new trucks and you do that by doing it at your own shop. So yeah, that's pretty awesome. So one of the things that, cause I definitely want to get to empower her. Um, so on the King Brothers side, uh, I have two questions. Um, and I usually, this is kind of how I wrap up. Uh, but I'm, I was just curious, um, how running a business, there's obviously like a lot of, a lot that goes on in that, as we heard, what do you do to separate yourself from the business? How do you turn off at the end of the day and just focus on family time? We'll probably both have to talk to this one. I'll let you go first. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's easier for me because uh, responsibility is not my number one strength. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like it is easier for me to just like kind of disconnect and be like, it'll be there tomorrow or whatever, you know. Um, but it is definitely a challenge for us, especially because we both like are so involved to not like just talk about work or. Uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like this is an area where we're still like growing in. Um, I think we try to very intentionally get away at least once, if not twice a year and completely unplug. Mm -hmm. um, we found a pretty healthy rhythm on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's no when when we go for that seven to 10 days, I am on and I love it like unplugged. Yeah. I'm unavailable. The semis can burn down. It doesn't matter. I'm on vacation. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, we also were uh, really super involved uh, in our church. We helped uh, plant a church here in Riverside a couple of years ago. And so I feel like on the weekends, like going into that, that's been really good for us because it just completely like we change focuses. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah. it it shifts our focus from work to like what, you know, what we're really passionate about. Um, yeah, we don't always get it done, but we work really hard to take. In my mind, it's not crazy important which day you're taking off, but one in seven. Our creator created us in 
with a specific design mm-hmm. and you have to have breaks. And so a lot of times for us, that is Sundays. However, we end up working hard at church then, but it is a completely, it's a, like Janine said, a complete shift in, in focus. And then if we come home, like I said, we haven't always done this the best, but we work hard to just, I work hard to not even do anything in the office. You know, it'd yeah. be easy to slip down and do two hours worth of paperwork or whatever, but I work hard to just keep, I'd rather get up at four o'clock on Monday morning and hit it again. Sure. You know, get a good break. And so I feel like that's. Yeah. I think a goal that we have is to actually get to the point where we totally like take Fridays off. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of like our family rest day. Yeah. But it's. We have with the fleet manager position that we're, we're just rolling out now, that's going to help us offload a lot of just day to day needing to answer questions here, questions there. And it's important those questions get answered because we've got, you know, these trucks rolling up and down the road and we can't be letting our guys hang. Right. With it. And and most of our stuff's oversized. So there's just a lot goes into this. Yeah. Um, I think another, if I could, another, uh, the way we, the way we look at our responsibilities and I, I kind of like it is I hear people talk about, oh, I've, I've got six hours to do work and then I've got three hours to do this. And that just doesn't work for, to quantify it that way doesn't work for us. I think we think in terms of how do I steward best what God has given me to steward. So for me, it's the first family. I'm, obviously, first it's my relationship with the Lord and then family. And then we have our responsibilities at church and then we have our companies. And so if you think in terms of time slots, it'll get full before you've ever covered what you need to cover. So you, you have to think in terms of how do I steward what I've been given, the glory of God, and he can make, he can make up the lack where I don't reach around. Yeah. So I, I look at that probably a little bit differently than some. I mean, it, you're just going to put time to get to this point. You're going to have to pay your dues. And it, and it does. I don't think it has to completely come at the sacrifice of your family or at the sacrifice of your faith and going to church. But you're just going to have to. It could mean juggling it differently than. I mean, I'm we're really hoping. Honestly, I'm to the point where I want to get to 30 to 40 hours a week in the companies and have a lot more time for just stuff we enjoy, probably a little more traveling again and stuff like that. We've we've paid our dues big time. Yeah. And so, and I'm not going to use that as a as a leverage tool, but just more in thinking of let me enjoy the life I've right. been given as well. Yeah. Well, and that's something that just comes with age, I feel like too, cuz I remember um when I first started doing media stuff at the University of Iowa, I was pumped out of my mind when they would send me out of town for jobs. And now I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, um, I feel like that's kind of what you're saying is like, you would have done, you just, you would have done a certain level back then. And now you're, you're shifting it and making adjustments accordingly. I love that. A hundred percent. TD Jakes has a phenomenal sermon called the blessed test. Okay. And it sounds like prosperity, gospel, health stuff. It's actually a really rooted sermon in you've got to do you've got to do what it takes 
to get the job done, right? And so to your point, you did that when you were starting, but now you're you're seeing the growth, you're seeing the income. You don't have to do that anymore. And that that's been our experience as well is we did what it took. I mean, you've got to hit the door with everything you've got. Right. And and then there's a point, God willing, that you can pull back from that a little bit and have a little bit more quality of life, maybe. Yeah. We could do a whole nother podcast episode <laughs> on stories of doing what it took to yeah. I mean, we went through some pretty rough times in, you know, the beginning of or yeah, early in our marriage. Yeah. Um, yeah, if that's probably the frustrating thing, and I would guarantee if you haven't experienced it already, you will. You'll have folks look from the inside, and they mean well, look in on your company from the outside and just be like, wow, that just got thrown in your lap. And, and you know, it's just literally if you only knew what this took, you know, yeah. five years ago. Oh, for sure. It, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying in all the, that year span, it just felt like we were laying foundation. But then when the opportunity came in 2020, we were positioned probably intellectually, uh, emotionally, we were positioned well to take on this whole other uh, wealth of customers and opportunity. And that, that lit the fire that's got us going now. Yeah. That's really interesting that you said that. Cause I, th- I feel like that, especially in the age of like social media and things like that, you can you celebrate your victories, but you don't necessarily post about all the hard things that you had yeah. to learn along the way. Right. So mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Uh, one of the, sort of just to kind of wrap up on the King Brothers, and this is what uh, you were kind of saying about, um, you know, just all the things you went through and how it could be a different podcast. Just uh, from a, a bird's eye view, maybe, if you could go back and redo one thing. What would, is there anything that you would not, and and not redo like in a negative thing, but like, I'm just curious if there's anything. Wisdom you've picked up from hindsight. Yeah. From looking back. Man, I haven't, I don't know that I've thought about that one a lot. That's a good question. I, you know what I think I may would do? Um, I'm curious what your thought is. We've talked about this a little bit. We did take on some debt. So I don't mind some debt around the machinery. We try really hard to not allow any other uh, frivolous debt mm-hmm. creep in, like lines of credit. We work hard to keep. It's there to use if we need it, but we work hard to, or, or credit cards or anything like that. Um, so I don't mind financing some of this, just, you know, the the assets, the trucks and the trailers. But beyond that, we try to, um, if we could do something different, I think I would... I think we could be at the same place debt-free. I almost think you could. Mm. And that's a big nod to Ramsey, I would say. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a rabid fan of Ramsey or anything like that, but I do. I, I watch, watch him on and off. And there's a lot to be said for growing the egg that grows into a chicken and you know working it that way rather than reaching into the future with that right. and then trying to get there. So right. that's the only thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. I don't know. I can't really, I mean, I, I feel like all the experiences we went through, like God used those to like, you know, yeah. like we learned from them and um, yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, there's probably some like hiring. We've we've definitely made some hiring mistakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like we've also like learned from those mistakes, and yeah, it's helped us to really drill into like, you know, yeah, who we hire and just following those. You know, if you have a a check in your spirit about it, like you should probably listen up and yeah, yeah, that type of thing. So yeah, yeah, that's good. So kind of switching gears here, you've started a group called Empower Her and I not knowingly have met a ton of women that are part of this group. Um, Some of them have been on the podcast. I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about that group, how you started it and sort of how it's evolved. Yeah. So I started that in 2017 and that was very much born out of being involved in, you know, this business and just kind of feeling really like isolated and um, just feeling like the friends that I had and the the community that I was a part of didn't really understand or uh, yeah, wasn't really aware that the challenges that came with being an entrepreneur and building a business. And then also, especially us being in the transportation industry, you know, it's very male dominated. And so um, again, there wasn't I just didn't feel a lot of like community there mm-hmm. as uh, a woman in business. And so I just kind of randomly like threw something out on Facebook and was like, hey, you know, who wants to come have lunch or something at like, I think it was at the Glenner Brewery. And uh, I think like 12 women showed up the first time. Oh, that's awesome. And they were all, you know, business owners from the Kelowna area. Um, and yeah, we just connected and it went really well. And um, from that, I just started like, you know, doing more things like monthly meetups and that type of thing. Um, And so Empower Her has kind of evolved and it's gone through some different like transitions and, you know, some have been good, some have been hard. But um, in, let's see, 2019, I believe it was, I uh, transitioned it from, I mean, it was basically more just kind of like a free meetup thing. And I was like, okay, if I'm going to be like serious about this and the time that I'm putting into it, um, I transitioned it to a membership thing and kind of got really clear on the kind of women that I wanted to attract to the community and, you know, what I wanted to provide and all of that. And so um, I now have three collectives. One is in the uh, North Liberty Solon area and then um, Cascade, Dyersville, and I just launched a collective in Dubuque. Uh, and then ho- late, I'm hoping later this year to do Cedar Rapids and Des Moines. Um, and so my goal is just to create these collectives where uh, women in business solopreneurs can like join, be a part of that community and just connect with other um, entrepreneurs in their communities and um, yeah, just provide resources, support community to each other. Yeah. Um, so it's been really fun. and. Um, you know, also challenging at times. It's made me like dig into myself and, you know, just grow. Because uh, often I feel like some of these women that I'm attracting to this are like way smarter than than I am. Um, and I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, you know, someone else should be doing it. But yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah. One well, and, and and it's kind of what we've been talking about too. Is you know, you get to know, you know, other people. And their strengths, and I don't know. Do you have like guest speakers, that kind of thing? Is how how are the group meetups 
structured. Yeah. So the first meeting of the month is usually like a topic or a training or something that's relevant to the woman in business. And those are often led by either like collective members, like whatever their um, specialty is or like whatever they, you know, um, are an expert in or will invite like an outside if there's someone, you know, in the community that um, has something, you know, a training or like they're an expert in, in a topic. So that's the first meeting of the month. And then the second meeting is just more like round table, um, like, you know, bring a challenge or bring a, a celebration or whatever it is that you just want. It's a little bit more of a meeting of the minds. Like, yeah. hey, this is what I'm working on. I just need some insight into, you know, this is good. What do I need to change, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, yeah, I think just the the community aspect of that, especially as a solopreneur, like, because um, a lot of these women, you know, they're solopreneurs, they might have a small team, um, but they don't have a business partner or, you know, someone to to lean on necessarily. And so this community kind of provides that, um, that aspect of that support. And so for them to be able to come and like, bring there. Um, so one of our members, here's an example, recently uh, did a live dating show in Cedar Rapids. Okay. And so leading up to this show, like she was coming to the meetings and she was saying like, okay, here's what I'm working on. Here's, you know, the challenge or like, you know, I'm having a really hard time finding this or like, whatever, what do you guys think? And like, what should I name this? And like, literally, I think the name came from like, brainstorming um as a group about what she should name this dating show and so yeah it was just, it's just been really fun to see like you know more heads are better than one i yeah. guess like lived out or seeing that play out um in action so yeah that's really cool and uh correct me if i'm wrong but you're in the process of uh getting ready for an event later this year. Do you want yes. to talk a little bit about that? Yes. So um, once a year, I host something called the Empower Her Summit. And it is a one day um, event where I bring in speakers. Uh, it's a combination of women who are from, you know, Iowa here, maybe women who are members, um, or I also invite outside speakers um, to travel in and so yeah, it's a jam-packed full day of speakers, panelists, uh, or panels on certain topics, um, really good food, good coffee, and just a whole lot of like community and fun. Yeah. So um, it's going to be August 25th at Bella Sala this year. Um, and yeah, last year's was like, I don't know. I left at the end of the day and I was like, I think church happened today here. Like it was just... that's. Really cool. Off the chain. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah. fun. So how can people find find you and this organization? Yeah, so uh, we're super active on Instagram. So you can always like connect through uh, DMs with me on Instagram. So empowerher.co or on our website, www.empowerher.co. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Any parting thoughts to the people out there that might be starting a business or in a job that, you know, is thinking about making that leap to being an entrepreneur? I think one of the things I would encourage is the Bible says that if you don't have wisdom, you should ask for it. 
And I feel like we've made that, it's not a daily ritual, but we've made it part of our lives. I've made it part of my life. And so wisdom, there is a source of wisdom. And if you want to be successful in your life, you need to ask, you can, it's as easy as asking for it, right? Um, and then if I would say, if you are stuck in a job or a position you don't enjoy, that's an indication that you're not where you're supposed to be. Um, if you look at strengths, uh, you, you, I'm putting a plug in for Erica here. Um, <laughs> you, you, you should be energized by what you're doing. You know, you put a good day in, sure, you're going to be tired and ready for something different, but it should energize you. And so if, if your job is continually just taking something, taking a piece out of you, the way country songs all talk about, you're not at the right spot. And so keep pushing, take those risks and, and don't be scared to lean into a better future. Mm -hmm. I think I would, I agree with that hundred percent. I think I would add on to that. Surround yourself with people who are either, you know, uh, who are ahead of you or who are where you want to get to. Um, I feel like a lot of the, the growth that we've had is just from the amazing people that we've surrounded ourselves with. And so um, I don't think we were created to do this alone. We were not created to do this life alone. And so like get yourself into a really good community, um, you know, of, of people who are, are growth minded and who are, um, yeah, who have a vision of where they want to go in life and they know what their purpose is. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again so much for joining us today and, and we'll be watching and rooting. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Story Now podcast. Before we go, we just wanted to give a special thanks to Justin Goodchild, who wrote and performed the song that you are hearing now. If you have ideas for guests or people that would be a great interview, we would love to hear from you. Visit our website at storylinemultimedia.com slash contact and send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Also, don't forget to like and follow our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also, make sure to check out our other content on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. A little gratitude.